Welcome, my friends, to Next Level Change Success, a change conversation for leaders, project and change practitioners for today and tomorrow. My name is Therese Perez of MyVirtualChangeManager.com and I'm an experienced change and project professional and people leader with many years of experience in the industry. I love business and I love the people side of business especially. So nothing lights me up more than seeing people use change management, project management and strong change leadership to engage, motivate and inspire people and ultimately transform organizations. If you've heard about change management and have no idea of what it involves, then you're in the right place. If you know about change management, but you want to take your practices to the next level, then this is where you should be. I'm going to share the stories of my experiences, interview some fantastic people, and I'm going to explore all of the challenges and opportunities that you face in organizations right now. So please join me and let's go and have some fun. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Next Level Change Success. My name's Therese Perez. I'm the founder of myvirtualchangemanager.com and I would like to acknowledge that I'm recording on Thoroughwell Country today and pay my respects to the traditional owners and custodians on the land on which I am recording. So today I just want to cover off some of the, the best change interventions, I guess, that I've put in place over my many years of experience, I thought I'd share those. And I often find that um, it's really interesting listening to other change people share their stories around different things that they had put into place and the creativity that comes with that. And really the biggest thing around creativity and being able to express or, or I guess change things up a little bit when you're introducing change there's a sense of freedom with it and there's a sense of uh, fun with it with those who are impacted by the change if you can really put in a bit of fun and excitement if it's a positive change and I think that's a really good thing of course consideration that if the change is negatively impacting people and their jobs then it's just not really appropriate to put those type of interventions into place but certainly that's not always the case and Earlier on in my career, um, they're, they're considering, I guess, some of the, the guardrails that were put in place in organizations. There's really some of the, the fun stuff that you can put into play with people and they really do appreciate it. It does bring a sense of fun. It does loosen up the, uh, I guess, the impact of change. It does mean that people can jump on board a lot sooner and enjoy it, ride it. And also when it comes to, you know, the go lives and implementation, it means that people are really ready for it and engaged on it because they've had a lot of fun along the way. So the first one, first example I have is early in my career, um, putting into play a new recruitment system. And I was working with a group of people who were quite young and fun with recruitment teams. Oftentimes a lot of recruitment teams are younger in their demographic and so they were actually going to be thrown into the deep end when it came to the change process they were going to be training hiring managers on the new process and there was a certain amount of I guess discomfort with that from their perspective of hand-holding being the trainers for people who were going to receive the new system and so there was a bit of a change process to undergo with them. And part of that I wanted to do, wanted to bring in the fun, which also within that those parameters, the leader of the team was very generous in 
letting me have a lot of fun with the people in his team. So we did a, a range of competitions and I have to say it was like every Friday there was something new that I would new challenge that I would give them and they really enjoyed it, stepped up to it. We had a lot of fun actually, I think all together in, in not just me putting out new challenges, but the teams and they were the three different teams who were all competing against each other also had fun in meeting those challenges. So I guess it had those aspects of competition which a lot of people do enjoy competition and uh, fun based on and, and a, a bit of uh, focus obviously on the, the system implementation that was going to happen. So the first kind of challenge we put out to the team or I put out to the three teams was to create a poster to promote the system. And so they had a week to put together a poster. Then I'd get other people from the business to judge it. And I think at one stage through putting these change interventions in place or these little exercises in place, someone mentioned about uh, to the leader of the team around, you know, it seems like the team's having too much fun. Um, are they really getting their work done? And um, certainly he was more than happy to respond back that, of course, they were. This was just how to ensure that they were engaged on the change that they were about to roll out. So <clears throat> do know that you may get challenged if, if the fun obviously is very visible to others. Sometimes there can be a bit of that jealousy that arises. So it's always important that the people leader of the teams in which you're rolling out these type of interventions is across it and supportive of it because you might need that top cover just as I did for, for this period of time. So the first one was a poster challenge. Poster challenges are always kind of really, I think, well accepted across business areas. It may seem in some businesses it'll be like, oh, that's just, you know, too infantile. But the reality is, is that it's not everyone enjoys being creative and you can get some really good ideas as well from posters. And in fact, you don't always have to go with a, a glossy here we go poster. It can be a catchphrase that someone comes up with that you decide to roll out as part of your change overall change program. There might be an interesting message in there that you didn't pick up yourself when you were looking at the communications. So it actually does serve a purpose if there's something you can identify potentially a gap in your, your own creative thoughts um, insofar as your system rollout. So the first one was a poster. The second one was actually a bit more pop culture-ish because it went off the back of MasterChef. I'm not sure if MasterChef is a, a show particularly in the country that you're from if you're listening to this podcast from other areas across the world. But certainly in Australia, there is uh, the MasterChef at its peak was very, very popular because this was quite a while ago. And so people brought in their signature dish. Um, and then, of course, there was, you know, the tasting, food tasting component and someone getting awarded points. And um, the third one was around, I believe, the naming of the system, um, which um, certainly was something that uh, the teams weighed in on. So there were three kind of three weeks, I think almost four weeks of activities that we did from week to week where teams got points. And at the end of that, the team, obviously they had the most points, also achieved and were rewarded with the win. So, and, and apologies for my voice at the moment, I'm just recovering from a bit of a logie. But the fun that ensues with this type of intervention is something that also helps the energy around the program that you're running and I think that can't be underestimated so looking at this type of intervention is bringing together people who are going to need their support 
of each other as they're rolling out a, a system to hiring managers or to leaders across the organization. So it helps from a team building perspective. It helps around their understanding of the program and actually having them reflect on it, especially if you have like a post or a promotion, like promote this change, how would you promote it? It also serves a purpose insofar as it can give you some ideas if you're a change manager or a change leader around how this can get promoted. And then the fun part, like the, the I guess the more master chef type of thing. I mean, obviously the dishes that were created were also shared amongst the group. So it is part of that community building. And that's really the focus of these type of exercises was just to have a bit of fun, do a bit of team building, get people focused on what they're going to be delivering inadvertently as part of the fun. And then it helps around readiness um, for the change itself. So that's one intervention that actually worked extremely well with that group. Now, of course, you have to consider the cohort that you're working with. So it may not necessarily be those type of activities. Just think about how you can build the team ethos if that team is going to be helping to roll out the change and have a bit of fun with it. The second example that I've got is around, and and it's a very simple one, oftentimes almost mocked by leaders in the organization or by people who are potentially a bit not necessarily on the fun bus um but once once again who might might kind of think oh it's okay if we have to but it's about naming competitions and this naming competition um there's, there's a reason for wanting to do that from a change perspective so if you've got a new system if you've got a new product if you've got a new, um, I don't know, new policy, if you've got something that you want to have a bit of fun with again, yet also get buy-in and ownership from the business, I say give it, give the naming option over to the business themselves. You see this often with communities. So I think there was the, the Ferry McFerry piece um, I posted recently on my Instagram around, um, it was a, a local council that had a snowplow. Um, there were some quite funny names that people came back with and then people could vote on those names. This type of naming competition really, really like does help and it helps people actually own what is getting delivered. If the name of it comes from the group, the staff themselves or the community, has people just relate to it as something that they own? And that is why you do run a naming competition. And I think the most important thing, because you, know, you may not be aware of it, but oftentimes behind the scenes, there might be managers who are like, no, we don't want that name. You know, so let's only um, offer these three names for voting. you got to stop that. You, you actually have to be genuine when you're running naming competitions and ensure that the options that people provide, as long as they're not obviously inappropriate, can go back out to the general population for voting. And then once the votes are in, stick with that. So there's no like internal override of an individual at a senior level who might have an individual preference. It's actually about the people having their say. And more and more, because of the environment in which we're in and the general climate that we have with our communities, um, that authenticity is really, really important. So authenticity, ownership, community, whether it be internal or external, having their say, and then that sense of ownership that comes from that, that's why you run a naming competition. 
The other thing um, which kind of lends itself to the same theory and ethos is that at one stage with having you know, a refurb happen, the suggestion I had was let's get people who are local photographers. Like So obviously within a lot of business areas, there are people who have photography as a hobby and put it out there. This was in a particular regional area. Put it out there for people to submit photos of landmarks in that regional area and then choose the appropriate photo and then use that as a mural or a um, a shadow uh, image on the actual office areas as part of the refurb. And that also was um, well accepted, well participated in. And then, you know, once again, you have piece of the the staff and a piece of the community in which who are going to be using that office environment that's there from an enduring perspective and it's it's a photo that someone's taken from the organization so those type of things are really I think great insofar as once again having that sense of ownership and belonging and how you can create that authentically on the ground in association with like you know an office refurb where people feel like they don't have choices about where their team's going to sit or you know what the environment looks like but yep actually they've had a had a activity where there are team members who've been able to participate and then selection which has happened and then a part of that person's individual work and and thumbprint enduring in an enduring fashion as part of that office refurb so these are the things um, that also was an intervention which I was quite proud of having that idea um, and seeing that executed and knowing that you know someone from those teams in that area have uh, have had a hand in creating that office environment so quite key and I have also seen this in the form of artworks as well so just to let you know so where there are potentially teams that you have sitting in the area that is getting redesigned and that they can create an artwork as a team that can be hung in their area once the new office refurb um, is complete. Once again, it's that sense of ownership, sense of belonging, sense of co-creation and co-design. So this is a couple of ideas if you're working on such a change um, that can be really effective. And then uh, the third one is around uh, local teams creating their own change plan. So if you're working on a a big transformation piece and oftentimes there can be change practitioners who really want to control and manage the change to the nth degree for every single business area and it's simply not possible. So the third intervention or third way of approaching the change which I think is always effective is to have not necessarily just change champions you might have the luxury of change managers who are covering particular areas part of it is around having individual change plans at the local level so having a broad enterprise-wide change plan that you're in charge of and delivering however you are working with and collaborating with representatives from each business site to create their own change plan now they may not be change practitioners of course but it's about how Um, individuals can essentially inform you around how they're going to work with their business leaders to embed the change and actually documenting that and creating a community in and of themselves with that particular group so that people can hear across 
different business areas, what others are doing, share those ideas and also roll them out. So that's another way in which is really effective. And I've done that a number of times. And I have to say a big shout out to the executive administration or operational manager leaders and team members across these business areas because they're typically people who I work with when rolling out um, transformational change and they really do know the business they know how it works they work very hard and ensure that all of the pre go live activities are completed and post go live activities are undertaken so they really are the unsung heroes of change oftentimes especially EAs executive administrative assistants I'm just gonna say EAAs um, but they're First of all, I often find fabulous human beings, but they're also very, very capable in being able to operationalize change and can provide some fantastic feedback about what's going to work and what isn't. And they know their local uh, business environment, so they know um, how to roll out change. They just need some support from a central point to help them be able to work with their teams at times um, to get that to happen and with their leaders so three different tips for you um, around different interventions to put into place the next time you're leading and managing change we have the quizzes or the challenges that you can have pre-go live if you've got a group of people who are going to help roll out the change the second is the naming competitions or photographic competitions or even design competitions that you can run to help promote the change itself um, so that that's a really strong piece of ownership. And the third is about you know, working with those key roles for them to design their own change plans and own implementation and embedment plans within their own business areas. So three ideas, hopefully um, some of that has helped. If you're rolling out a change across business areas, you might want to try one of those interventions with the groups, remembering it's how you approach it, which matters, and making sure that you also have a bit of top cover in case you need that. So three just quick ideas for you. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. It was short, sharp, or it seemed that way anyway, short and sharp for myself. Apologies for the, the frog in the throat, uh, just recovering from a bit of a lurgy. We're heading into change of season, so obviously the weather variations uh, caught hold a little bit, as has my little one um, with these germs. So, uh, But I hope you have a wonderful day and, and come and visit us at myvirtualchangemanager.com. We've got a lot of exciting things going on. And remember that change matters because your people matter. Signing off. Have a great day.